Hi, this is Daniel Williams, host of the MGMA Insights Podcast. I want to share an exciting offering from MGMA, the Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt Program. This seven-week instructor-led online course will explore lean techniques and evaluation processes with the goal to eliminate steps that don't add value to your organization. The Greenbelt Program runs from October 25th to December 13th and is eligible for 30 ACMPE and 30 CEU credits. Visit mgma.com green to learn more and to register today. Now to today's podcast. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. We are being ageist anytime we make an assumption about someone or a group of people on the basis of how old we think they are. And um, it can be you're too young as well as you're too old. Young people experience ageism too. It casts a shadow on our whole lives. And I just want to say everyone is ageist. Everyone, bias, most bias is unconscious. And we all have these ideas embedded in, you know, we're, we're, a lot of most of which are negative because we live in a culture that bombards us with negative messages about how awful it's going to be to get old and how tragic it is to have any kind of disability. That's Ashton Applewhite, keynote speaker, author, and activist, talking about the impact of age bias in the workplace. We'll hear more from Ashton in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Are you looking to strengthen your medical practice by boosting practice profitability and streamlining communications with payers and patients? Veridime PayerPath is an end-to-end revenue cycle management suite of solutions that was recently ranked number one in categories related to claims management, clearinghouse solutions, and revenue cycle management by BlackBook, a healthcare-centric market research and consulting company. Veridime's PairPath integrated solutions are practice management agnostic, interfacing seamlessly with all major PM systems. A truly innovative claims management platform, PairPath delivers higher than a 98% first pass clean claims rate and reaches a network of over 3,100 payers. For more information, go to veridime.com. The Zoll AR Boost Solution Suite increases revenue from payers and patients in compliance with the No Surprises Act, while reducing front-end workload and freeing up staff for higher-value activities. Zoll AR Boost tools find, verify, and correct patient demographic and payer information to reveal patients' unique financial characteristics and improve self-pay conversion. Visit zoldata.com slash ARBoost to learn how you can ensure no payments are left on the table. Our guest today is Ashton Applewhite, author of the best-selling book, This Chair Rocks, a manifesto against ageism. 
Ashton is a keynote speaker at the Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference in Boston, speaking Tuesday, October 11th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and will be talking on the topic of Age Against the Machine, Ending Ageism in the Workplace. Well, Ashton, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the MGMA Insights podcast. Nice to be here. Yeah, so you are a speaker, you're an author and an activist, and offline you were just telling me, uh, you know, that your expertise is in aging and, and looking at different aspects of ageism and how to overcome that. And you had just received an honor in that field. Please tell our audience about that. No, if if I must, yeah, it was an amazing <laughs> um, honor. The United Nations and the World Health Organiz- Organization created something called the Decade of Healthy Aging platform two years ago. And they just announced yesterday their Healthy Aging 50, which is 50 leaders from around the world, this is their language, working to uh, make the world a better place to grow old in. And I am one of the 50, which is an amazing honor. That is such an incredible honor. And uh, just congratulations again. And thank you you for all the work you're doing in that field. Thank Um, you. I know one- make it clear, my expertise, aging is a huge, huge, huge field, which is why it's so interesting. Correct. I like to point out aging is not something sad or annoying that old people do. It is how we move through life. I am an expert in age bias, prejudice, stereotyping on the basis of age, also known as ageism. Thank you for that clarification. And you are correct. That is a huge field that could be looked at in so many different ways. And so let's look at that then. So when we talk about age bias, or as you mentioned, ageism, that's something that you're going to be speaking to the MGMA audience in Boston coming up in October. So let's just define that first. What is ageism? The dictionary definition is prejudice and stereotyping on the basis of age. We are being ageist anytime we make an assumption about someone or a group of people on the basis of how old we think they are. And um, it can be you're too young as well as you're too old. Young people experience ageism too. It casts a shadow on our whole lives. And I just want to say everyone is ageist. Everyone, most bias is unconscious. And we all have these ideas embedded in, you know, where we're a lot of most of which are negative because we live in a culture that bombards us with negative messages about how awful it's going to be to get old and how tragic it is to have any kind of disability. And those messages become part of our identity unconsciously unless we stop to challenge them and look at where those messages come from and what purpose they serve. Um, where are people getting it wrong then? Or where are they going? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, one thing I have learned the hard way is that all, all binaries are bad. There is no right and wrong. And when it comes to social change and, you know, what, what, what to call people or what's the right or wrong way to say something, it's a moving target. If you are trying to change long held beliefs, you're going to get it wrong. So first of all, try not to be, you know, a lot of companies want to do better on the ageism front, but but the biggest thing holding them back is the fear of screwing up. We're all going to screw up. Mm-hmm. We all have bias. And the way that I 
talk or think or behave about aging is different from you. Mm-hmm. You're a man. I don't know how old you are. It's different for someone. I'm, I'm making this up. Forgive my presumption about you, oh, yeah. but it's different for a a person of color. It's different if you have money and if you don't. It's different if you, on your temperament, it's different on what's in your bank account, right? So there's no single narrative that is right. Um, you know, it, and we, because we each experiencing these, experience these things in unique ways, and it depends on also where we are in our life course, et cetera. But I would say that the thing to look out for are two things. One is anything that promotes the idea that being old is better than being young. And you do see that. You see a lot of superiority about old people like I'm wise and you should listen to me. I don't want to listen to you because you're old. I want to listen to you because you have something to say. You do not have more value as a human being because you are older. There's, of course, even more bias, maybe not, of course, against older people and any. So so listen for language like 60 is the new 40 that suggests that we should want to be younger. Right. Mm -hmm. People call me young lady. I'm 70. Don't call me young lady, please, because all it does is suggest First of all, it draws attention to my age, which is not just not necessary. You don't call attention to the fact that I'm white, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it suggests that I should wish to be younger. It, 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 so it places a value on age that age does not deserve. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you explain to us when, when someone says age is just a number, is that something you follow or is that something yeah, that's you would... an interesting question i mean I, I i thought about that a lot i, I don't love the phrase mm-hmm. because what it suggests is that it's just a number it's it first of all the just suggests that we can like brush it under the rug or ignore right. it and it's you know it, all these questions are complicated and nuanced which is frankly why they're so interesting to me age is a real number how many times have you circled the sun And I think it's important to claim our age and say, you know, I'm 70. Mm -hmm. However, the flip side of that is to push back against the fixed ideas. The minute you hear I'm 70, you have no judgment. We Mm -hmm. all did it. But you have some assumptions based on other people you know who are 70. Or maybe your dad died when he was seven, whatever, you know. Maybe he lived to be 170, you know. Right. So it's really important to push back against those fixed ideas okay Okay. age actually tells us much less about people than we think it does and the longer we live again the less that number says okay the other hallmark of of ageism is denial i'm not going to get old that's not going to happen to me pretending that somehow we're going to escape it and then from a health point of view and i know you all work in the healthcare field one of the negative aspects of that is that it keeps people from investing in healthy behaviors that really pay off as we get older you know a lot of there're not actually that many diseases of old age a lot of them are conditions that we incurred when we were younger and then they become symptomatic over time for these last couple of questions, let's shift to ageism in the workplace. Give us an example. What does age bias or ageism look like in the workplace? Well, it 
looks like, uh, I mean, it looks differently for people of color. It looks differently for women. You know, it's, but it is often, interestingly, the first form of discrimination white men encounter. It looks like being, it looks like not being invited to meetings as you get older. It looks like not having trainings coming your way. It looks like not getting opportunities to travel. It looks like being sidelined. And then it looks like losing your job. And then it looks like taking longer to get interviews. If you are, and, and all this is, if you are a woman, it takes you are much likely less likely to get called back for an interview than a man than a younger person or than a man if you are a woman of color it is triply hard if you have a disability it becomes increasingly difficult the longer you are out of work the harder it is to you know more than 6 months it's often the kiss of death for a job seeker it looks like if you land an interview it is often over the minute you walk in the door or turn on your camera simply because of how you look. And, you know, it, the, 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 the costs, you know, the cost of the global economy are in the billions. Um, the cost of ageism in healthcare alone, Becca Levy did a study, I think that calculated the annual cost of ageism in healthcare, that's not the workforce, but is I think $87 million a year, financial mm -hmm. costs. Um, and tremendous personal costs. You know, if you can't support yourself, you know, who's going to support us? And to be told that the thing you love to do or the thing you spent decades getting really good at now renders you useless, now renders you without value, that's crushing. And I will point out not only that a world of longer lives demands that we work longer, but there is a global labor shortage. So one solution is hello. Hire those hundreds of thousands of older workers who are eager and ready and willing and qualified to work. You also talk about the benefits of having mixed aged teams in an organization, that there are yeah. two benefits to that. What are they? Well, I think we... I mean, I think the answers are somewhat intuitively obvious. I never like to frame things as, you know, old people are better at X and young people are better at Y, because it depends, again, always on the individual. But older people do clearly have more experience. Um, they tend to be have a more sort of um, emotional resilience, you know, maybe not get so, so frazzled, take a longer view of things. Um, and, you know, I think the the they're the main reason we want mixed age teams is the same reason we want teams where people come from different backgrounds, maybe come from different countries, come from different gender identities, come from different, you know, diff the more diversity in the group, the more points of view you have in the room, the better you can match your customer base and the more enriched the, the dialogue is and the conversation is, especially when it comes to creative endeavors. So it's, you know, we want age diversity because it brings all sorts of, you know, younger, I mean, you know, younger people may come up with a bunch of new ideas that wouldn't have occurred to the older people. Now, I've heard the complaint that then the old people shoot down all the new ideas. No, we tried that. No, we tried that. You know, it's important um, that older people, we need to keep an open mind and be open to new ideas. But younger people, likewise, you know, have a lot to learn from us. Like we have to learn from from people who are different from us in any way. It's intuitively and tactically obvious why mixed age teams are better. Mm -hmm. 
how do we prevent age bias in the workplace then? Is it top down? Are there tools? Are there guardrails? There are how zillions we... of tools. Go to, go, go to the old school clearinghouse and Google workforce and you will find dozens of tools, which I won't waste my time recapitulating. And also I'm an ageism expert, not a workforce expert, although I know a lot about this. Um, you know, the, 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 the first place to start in each is between each of our ears. One thing that we are in charge of is our own attitudes towards age and aging. So think about, you know, where, where do people sit in your company? When you at a meeting, you know, are all the, are there people of all ages at the table? And if not, why not? You know, we've learned to notice, I think, when it's all men. We've learned to notice when it's all white people. It's important for us to notice when it's all younger people or all older people and call it out for exactly the same reasons because diversity is better. Diverse teams make better decisions. People in diverse organizations stay longer, you know, uh, and, and uh, just it, it may, they make better decisions. So um, look at your own attitudes towards age and aging. Examine your own age bias, right? Mm -hmm. Because these are new ideas to people, a lot of people, and we can't challenge bias unless we're aware of it. And then take that awareness, you know, in, into the office with you, in your personal life with you. You know, I think thanks to the Black Lives Matter campaign, we we learned a lot about what people of color encounter in terms of, um, you know, sort of aggressions or biased comments that people may make ignorantly or with the best of intentions, but that doesn't let us off the hook. If you witness someone saying something dismissive on the basis of age, I mean, I have another blog called Yo Is This Ageist? And this guy said, you know, I'm the oldest guy on the team and people make references to my age all the time and it doesn't make me feel good. What can I do about it? Do, you know, does your organization let comments about age go unremarked. And would they, a good litmus test is if you were commenting about someone's gender or race, would it, would it pass muster? Age shouldn't either. And we need to learn to, to gently say, you know, you don't want to put people on the defensive, but say, you know, hey, what's up with that? You know, or I noticed when this is happening, you know, it, it sounds like this thing I've read about ageism. Can we talk about it? You know, watch my TED talk. And say, let's, let's watch this thing and see if, you know, let's try and be more, more aware of that. Okay. Last question then. I want to share a quote by the French novelist Marcel Proust with you. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but seeing with new eyes in the context of our discussion today. When we look at someone who's older, but after talking to you now, when we look at anyone who's not our age, how do we begin seeing them with new eyes? It's to question any judgment on the basis of age and to, to, you know, making a significantly older or younger friend is an important anti-ageist act. Try, try, find something, think of something you like to do and find a mixed age group to do it with or go sit next to the youngest person on your team or make sure that your office, you know, I mean, the tired examples are like beer pong, you know, or right. whatever. But, but make sure, you know, the, the things that you, you do as a group that you invite everybody or that you make sure it's something that people perhaps, you know, someone isn't isn't athletic or doesn't, you know, and it not necessarily the older person, you know, some, some older people run marathons, right? Right. You know, 
but make that activity inclusive, include all ages and planning and choosing the event, right? These things can't be top down. You have to involve all the stakeholders, but it's exactly what you just said. Look, try to wipe that lens of, oh, they're that age, so they must insert the verb like mm -hmm. this, be good mm -hmm. at that, be bad at this, you know? and remove that lens. That's that's the single most important thing we can do. That's wonderful. Well, Ashton, thank you for sharing these insights with us. I'm so looking forward to hearing your entire talk in Boston and meeting you there as well. Thanks very much, me too. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Ashton Applewhite, author of the best-selling book, This Chair Rocks, a manifesto against ageism. You can hear Ashton speak at the Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference in Boston on Tuesday, October 11th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, where Ashton will be talking on the topic of age against the machine, ending ageism in the workplace. We also want to thank Zoll Data Systems and Veridime for sponsoring this week's show. Are you looking to strengthen your medical practice by boosting practice profitability and streamlining communications with payers and patients? Veridime PairPath is an end-to-end -end revenue cycle management suite of solutions that interface seamlessly with all major PM systems. A truly innovative claims management platform, PayerPath delivers higher than a 98% first pass clean claims rate and reaches a network of over 3,100 payers. For more information, go to veridine.com. The Zoll AR Boost Solution Suite increases revenue from payers and patients in compliance with the No Surprises Act, while reducing front-end workload and freeing up staff for higher value activities. Visit zolldata.com slash AR boost to learn how you can ensure no payments are left on the table. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.